bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX Podcast. Here's another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 25. And man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already and the great positive feedback from these, from you guys, the listeners, has been phenomenal. If you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, do yourselves a favor and check them out after this one, which is now available anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts now. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community and even outside the local community support in the sport of motocross, and we are a part of an awesome sport, and I want to thank you guys, the listeners, for tuning in to this week's episode here on the Imperative MX Podcast. We have a lot to talk about when it comes to local racing, all the way to professional, and everything in between. With that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat about within this episode. First, we will get into some local motocross racing chat with past races, Loretta Lynn regional qualifiers that have been happening these last couple of weekends, and of course, races coming up. Then we will Then we will have a call in from Courtney Kachka. She is the treasurer for the Mama Series about their Pro-Am weekend, two weekends ago at Tomahawk, and more local motocross chat coming up very soon from Courtney Kachka up there at the Mama Series. And, of course, staying on the same local talk, we will have a call in from the local legend himself, Matt Burkeen about the grind in the first three proto-motocross championship races. And, uh, yeah, I mean, no choice, loose program. We're going to get Burkeen here on the line. And then, finally, we will break down all of the racing action from the first three pro-motocross championship races. And you guys already know, we will get into much, much more. Before we get started here on this uh, episode number 25 of the Imperative MX podcast, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, Mika Metals, Total Control Racing Suspension, and our brand new sponsor on board, PR Motorsports. We will get more into each of these awesome companies behind us here in just a bit. And don't forget to check out ImperativeMX.com when you get a chance. A ton of new things are in the works right now, so be on the lookout for some exciting things coming to the website in the near future. And make sure to support the ones that support the sport. Like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these weekly episodes. And of course helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast. The highly likable, knowledgeable, your District 29 2011 C-Class champion co-host Heavy D. What's going on, Heavy? What's up, Al? What are you doing? 
Oh, dude, you know, sitting here chilling, eating a little dinner, trying to watch my figure, trying to get right, you know. So you can fit into that uh, great-looking FXR gear? Oh, you know it. I got to, man. I got to. Got to gotta get my body right for this comeback, man. I had a, I had a parent check me on it this past weekend. Ooh. So I, I got to go through with it. Oh, man. Oh, man. I tell you what, Heavy D, it has uh, been very hectic around the uh, Imperative MX camp here the past couple of uh, weeks, really, since Supercross ended. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, real work. And I'm off, I've am i also been training kids uh, in my free time as, uh, as well. And, uh, yeah, trying to do home life and all of that good stuff. But I tell you what, Heavy D, uh, it's great to be back uh, for another episode here on the Imperative MX podcast and of course with you bud oh dude I'm I'm so stoked to get into another episode bro it's like you know I know like you got a lot going on I got a lot going on so it's like we try to stay on top of you know we try to let all the listeners know we we ain't like trying to you know ditch out or you know not give any input or anything or any any episodes but man it's like we're it's honestly like we're weekend warriors to a certain extent. Dude, so, I'm telling you, I tell Nicole all the time, it's like I'm a privateer journalist media guy. Like I'm just a loose program going to these races, trying to figure out how I'm gonna get there, where I'm gonna sleep, all of this stuff. It's uh it's pretty crazy for sure. But I mean, hey, realistically, man, it's it's life, you know, it's uh it's a loose program at times. Oh, absolutely, man. It's it, it, I was sort of thinking, like, I love the loose program logo, Burking. It, like, he uses it. works out, like, so good. Absolutely. <laughs> Just to say it. Oh, yeah, no choice, too. He's got merch, and, of course, we'll talk to Burking about it here in uh, – here in just a little bit but before we move any further west virginia motorsports if you are looking for your next ride look no further than my friends over at west virginia motorsports if you are around the surrounding area and looking for a brand new or pre-owned motorcycle dirt bike atv utv whatever you need stop by princeton west virginia don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through west virginia motorsports or alongside walking out the door with that brand new ride and of course get those oil filters and air filters change them clean them all of that good stuff but don't catch them on fire heavy d <laughs> no don't don't do that it's funny i hadn't heard that in a while because we haven't done any episodes so. I, I know and it's weird <laughs> me going back through these ads as you could tell i had a little hiccup there because i because i'm like man it's kind of weird getting back into the grind but uh yeah man we're gonna try to do the uh the best we can and uh try to get these uh you know things knocked out weekly and sometimes our guests have things to do on the weekdays uh as well you know we try to plan it and uh things kind of just go south on that day that we do things and you know sometimes it's in our control and sometimes it's out of our control but at the end of the day uh we're here and uh we're gonna get this episode kicked off and of course first things first heavy d we got to talk about some local motocross racing of course we had the Muddy Creek Youth Regional a couple weekends back. We had the Gatorback Amateur Regional. And then, of course, we had the Bud's Creek uh, Regional as well that just happened. And uh, congratulations to all of the um, competitors and everybody that made it. You made it. That is a accomplishment in for itself. And also to the ones that did make it inside the top nine or ten whatever the case may be for alternates 
Um, congratulations for making it to uh, Loretta's, and it's time to uh, time to get it done for the. But for the rest of uh, everybody else, they're going to be looking forward to these uh, upcoming local motocross races. Heavy D. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. We we had a bunch in our area that made it. It was, dude. I'm not gonna. It was, it was some. I ne- I honestly didn't even expect them to make it. It was a shocker to me. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, families and and um, and people that made it this year for sure. And a lot of it is rewarded, you know. No, it, it is, and again, it, it, what I think is pretty cool about it, you know, we had. Uh, uh, several from the Outlaw series that made it, and uh, it's funny. It's like uh, you know they went. I didn't even know they really did areas because they like been racing our series like pretty heavily. You know, usually you got some locals that race like an Outlaw series, some local stuff. They're pretty dedicated to that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they um, yeah. Some people don't really go outside that criteria. And um, we had something to do, and they made it. Like, the first go-round, I was stoked on it, you know. And uh, I just feel like, you know, I think it's good. It's like, you know, it's just – I guess when you don't go to the bigger stuff and all you know was, like, you know, racing locals, you don't really – you don't really have the expectation on you or know what you're really getting into for some some people, you know. Right. So – when they go, they just go like it's another race, and they don't really realize, like, okay, when they make it, how big of a deal that is, like, and how hard it is to go, you know, go outside the local series and go to where you got to race, you know, national, cali- national caliber kids and have to get on a main gate of 40 through 190 to 100 kids. So, right. I mean, I, I'm stoked on it for a lot of them. Yeah, no kidding. And I was keeping up with a majority of the live timing that I could when I could when I can uh, for a majority of the races. So it was awesome to see a lot of the local kids do very, very well. And of course, we do have uh, the round number eight of the NCMX series at the Ridge MX this weekend, June 17th. And uh, I know that one will be a good one. Heavy D, we're not announcing it. We're allowing Zach uh, Heron to do this one we're letting him slide in this time we're not going to fight him uh we're going to let him have it heavy d yeah yeah zach ain't getting back to the local he getting back to the local scene he's got experience the ridge i know he's been but he's got experience the ridge it's, it's I, I i love it now you know it's awesome the atmosphere is good so and it's pretty cool i think a lot of people don't realize as well within cmx series they they have contingency and the Ridge is a contingency paying weekend, so you know anybody on a KTM Husky. I think it may just be KTM, but no KTM Husky and Gas Gas. I know KTM for sure. It's like yep, 150 to win a class. Yeah, no, he's got all of the. I I believe a majority of the contingency for the brands uh, up and down the board. So um, no. definitely make sure that you guys are signed up for that. And uh, also, throw your trash away at the end of the weekend. Find a dumpster, find please. a trash can, throw your trash away, please. That that helps out the track crew so much. And, uh, man, it no would be really good. No more than five good. miles per hour to pit. You say what, Heavy D? No more than five miles per hour in the pit area. Yeah, please keep it down. Keep the dust down. That would be greatly appreciated. And, uh, man, what an iconic place. And uh, the last time... 
they had a race there, Heavy D. We were there. We were uh, on hand, and it was uh, it was great. Oh, dude, it was so legit. Loved every minute of it. No, it was uh, it was great. And uh, you know, speaking of uh, great and just local motocross racing in general, let's go ahead and get the treasure from the Mama Series, Courtney Kashka, here on the line. Mika Metal strives to be the leader in product quality. Their bars are constructed of 6061 aerospace aluminum and have a unique design that allows them to retain maximum strength while still having the flex rider's desire. Mika sprockets are made from a 7075 aerospace aluminum, the highest standard in the industry. Their unique tooth design maximizes wear and lets you ride longer. So make sure to go and check out MikaMetals.com, check out their inventory and see for yourself. Handlebars, sprockets, tie-down straps, chains, sprays, front and back brake pads, and much, much more. Make sure to go and check out MikaMetals.com. And speaking of Mika Metals, they are doing an awesome thing for us. We are doing another giveaway here on uh, this episode of the Imperative MX Podcast where one free handlebar of any choice from Mika Metals right here on this episode. So make sure to email ImperativeMX at gmail.com for a chance to win any style handlebar that Mika Metal uh, offers. Tyke 50cc series, the PW50 series, and of course the Raw Pro or Hybrid Big Bike series. Make sure to email ImperativeMX at gmail.com and we will be choosing the random winner on the next episode here on the Imperative MX podcast. But speaking of local motocross racing and where everything kind of blossoms, right now on the line we have the treasure from that Mama Series up north, Courtney Kashka. How are you doing, Courtney? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, speak about actually your position, uh, the treasure for the Mama Series. Like uh, for somebody that doesn't know, and I think that listeners would also like to know what uh what do you do for the racing series and what's some of the ins and outs of the uh of the job well it when you get the treasurer position you do think it's really about managing the money um for the signups for the gate paying your staff you know looking at um, profits and losses for races but with a small organization like the Mid-Atlantic Motocross or any local series, um, you don't have the big Monster Energy backers. You don't have the big support of network TV. Um, so a lot more comes into it to really make it successful. We work with coordinating vendors to come to our events, seeking sponsors, um, promoting those sponsors and vendors, uh, researching uh, different programs and race schedules and trying to just make great decisions for our organization, uh, securing staff for each event, making sure you have the flaggers, the scores, the referees, getting your medical. It, it's, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. It but, sounds like it is a lot more than what, uh, anybody really thinks. Well, everybody on, we have an 11 person board and everybody on our board is, uh, got a full-time job. And then they have their real jobs. So. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep, just like me, I have a full-time job, and this is kind of the one that I kind of almost treat like the like the real one. So I completely understand <laughs> uh, understand you on that. But uh, two weekends ago, you guys had the Pro-Am at Tomahawk. Speak, speak about that a little bit. How'd that go? We did. We were really excited with this. We have a about half of our board is brand new this year, and so 
it, there's been a lot of learning and, as I mentioned, research. Um, and we really had a goal this year for the Pro-Am to, to up the purse. Right. In the past, uh, Mama has done the $3,000, which is an AMA requirement. But we really um, wanted to to do more and bring in more racers and support those racers as they're trying to go pro. Um, right. We did end up with a six thousand four hundred dollar purse, so we were really happy with where we ended up there. That's awesome. And a thousand dollars in whole shot money from Gary Luckett with Traders Racing. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, those guys that race really benefited, and hopefully, you know, it helps them to go on as they advance in their careers with motocross. Absolutely. Traders Racing used to help out Tony Archer uh, back in the day quite a bit. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so they're uh, they're awesome people. Uh, the Imperative MX Podcast episode number 25, speaking with the treasure from the Mid-Atlantic uh, series up north, Courtney Kashka. Heavy D? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm curious because well, as far as, like, I help run a series, you know, and I'm, I'm all, I always know, feel like, you know, you can learn something – different from everyone and because everyone does something different in a better way you know yes as far as like staff or like say flaggers and all how do you guys go about getting flaggers like do (laughs) y'all have like the same consistent flaggers because i know that's to me that's one of the hardest parts right there is getting enough flaggers (laughs) absolutely yeah staffing is really one of the toughest things and we've kind of talked about that because back in the day you'd get your 17, 18, 19-year-old racers who were willing to go out there and flag and make a little cash on the weekend. But now mom and dad are buying them cars, so why would they bother to, to flag on the weekend? Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different lifestyle now. But we we do find um, we don't own our own track. We do track rentals everywhere we go, so we don't really have that core flagger staff other than a handful. We bring with us our finish line flagger, and usually two or three other flaggers that are consistent with our organization. And then we work with those track owners to help bring in people that they use um, that are familiar with their track. They know the flagging rules. And so it's really a mesh of the MAMA organization and the tracks that we rent and that helps support our racing. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something I was – I've always wanted to know, like, several different series, how they do it, and considering you guys are – Oh, you've been around for a while, you know, and uh, the series is the Mama series is well known. I've known about it for years. Um, I was just curious, like, considering you know, you guys do have a lot of staff and a lot of people who work within the organization of the Mama series. So, yeah, I was just extremely curious on how that works for you guys. We are constantly trying to recruit because there are times that you know we're we're really pushing to fill positions, and we don't pay some but some are volunteer positions and um, what we do pay really doesn't compare with even McDonald's these days because we are a nonprofit and you know we're paying for track rentals and medics and the AMA fees and all that but um, we've got a good group a good community so when we are in need and we've got to fill something at the last minute we need somebody for staging or you know an additional score usually we have somebody jump in and, and help out and that's what makes it work. That's yeah, that's good. You know, I know, but for every every series I've been to, you know, you always want safety first, and you know, for the listeners, like because I know one of our races, not to put anybody on blast, but we had an altercation with uh, family, uh, parents, and parents, and, and flaggers, and like 
I under like understand like you know you want safety first and you want everybody wants the race, but I think us talking about it and like the listeners realizing it's it's harder than they think to put a race together and get all the staff like absolutely you know what I mean so that's that's just something I, I wanted the listeners to hear like hey it's not easy getting flaggers like it's it any kind of staff <laughs> actually it is extremely hard it's a lot of work that's put into it. Yeah, they put in long, hot days or get rained on, and the hours are endless, and, and they do it because they love the sport. Um, I will say we just had a great uh, partnership with Greg Duffy and Patrick McKay of Enthrone MX Gear. Nice. And uh, Greg Duffy threw some pit vipers our way, and we had given some out at a banquet, and then we gave some at our youth event. And we had some left, and we thought, what about staff appreciation? Nice. And so we the last race we did, we gave to flaggers, and we, we have um, trackside crew that helps pick up people when they've crashed, especially the youth racers. Um, we call them our umpires, but to me, they're trackside safety. Right. Um, and we just, we we gave to them because they watch us give to everybody else as they're out there sweating. And it was really rewarding to see their reaction to that. They, yeah. they felt recognized and valued, and we want to continue to do more of that because we couldn't operate without them. Right. That's a good idea. I never thought of that. Yeah, that's, right. that's cool. Or right just there. bringing, you know, some some food or something in the morning, you know, just uh, some biscuits or something like that, you know, just something something small to make them, you know, know that they're just not out here sweating and, you know, flagging for no reason and just a little bit of cash. You know, that goes right. a long way. That does go a long way. Absolutely. Um. I did talk to you quite a little bit ago, and uh, we can kind of get into the subject now. Um, kind of, there was a little bit of word around the pits with, um, with kind of hate towards, uh, upcoming beginner riders and, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, care to elaborate? Well, I, I just kind of wanted to, to throw out there to our motocross and supercross supporters that we have to remember now that we have social media that we have to support the sport. Um, I'm from Delaware. My husband's from Delaware. We've raced for 30 years now together. Right. There was a time where Delaware had four racetracks, mm-hmm. and we now have none. There, we, just recently, we've had a practice track that's getting closed down. Mm. And, and it's kind of discouraging when you see people uh, be like keyboard quarterbacks and sit back on social media and criticize race organizations and things that they don't like or that they would like to see done different. And I don't mean that you shouldn't communicate with, you know, race organizations and the people working there. Absolutely share your feelings. But but we had some things like somebody commented that they didn't like our flyer. And I kind of laughed because it wasn't that long ago. You didn't get a flyer at the races. You took a sheet of notebook paper and you wrote down the race order and that was what you got. <laughs> yeah. And, yep. and I, yeah. And so I, it, Another thing, like we had a, a social event where we asked people to bring a dessert and on social media, somebody's like, what, you can't even pay for donuts. <laughs> it wasn't about that. It was about fellowship and gathering and, you know, people coming together. And it, it just, it, it saddens me that people don't see that you're kind of squashing the enthusiasm of people that are putting in hours. You're squashing, um, thoughts of people that might come to your organization and race and i just feel like you know we we really should be supporting the sport in all ways 
my husband and I like to say all moto is good moto. Right. Um, your, yours, mine, another series, somebody that runs it different than we do. That's great. Find something that fits for you as a racer and support it, but don't sit behind the scenes and bash something that you don't like. It just, yeah. So it, it was, you know, it is, it's discouraging when you see those little things that just, it's unnecessary and it's not helpful in keeping us moving forward. Well, and especially when yeah. you know you guys are the you guys are the ones that are doing all the behind the scenes work, you know, and um, it's kind of disheartening, uh, like you were saying, for somebody to say that or squash what you know you have tried to do to keep this going and keep it, um, you know, about the riders and for the riders, you know, because if it wasn't for them, you guys wouldn't have a series. So. Um, right. you know, trying to do the, the best that you can. And, you know, um, I haven't been to very many of, uh, your guys's series in quite a long time, but I've realized, uh, just by doing this and talking to heavy D and talking to many, many track owners and promoters, I mean, everybody is the, is the same. And they say that, you know, uh, the keyboard warriors come out, um, you know, at midnight and they just want to just talk some crap you know it's just um, <laughs> right. the, the nature of the game and they have you know unfortunately nothing better to do or you know but if they had something uh better they you know whatever they'd be doing it themselves but they're not doing it so um yeah you, know, you kind of have to can- take it with a grain of salt and do what um you know do what you can but com- i completely agree with you i mean for for me i've you know i've gone to plenty of different series i mean i just trained eight kids at a at a woods track um, at a wood or at a hair scramble track uh, over the weekend uh, here in Virginia. So um, going from moto to hair scramble, right? Like it's it's uh, it's different, but um, you know you see the different families that bond with those certain series and they love those series, and that's awesome. You know you shouldn't try to take that away right. from them or try to dishearten them because they're in a maybe a lower series or an outlaw series instead of your uh, big series. You know so. Um, it kind of goes all the way around, but yes, I do. I do uh, 100% agree with you there. Yeah, and I think it's nice that series are different. You know, some some focus on youth, some focus on you know going to Loretta's, some are focused on like you said, hair scrambles or or some you know other dirt sports. Right. That's great. You know, we should be supporting all of it. <laughs> yeah. That's for me personally. That's why. Like, I know everybody does stuff differently, but like. When I was a racer, I'm not gonna lie. It was some like tragic series. I personally, I would bash, not knowing. Now, being in it and being the person behind the scene that's helping set stuff up and do track work and stuff, I won't bash one because I realize the time and effort that goes into it. Correct. It's it's so much that goes into it. A lot of people don't realize, you know. Even like I was saying when we had the altercation with some of the parents, like we we hashed it out, we talked it out because luckily they love the series and they keep coming back. But when you sit there and talk to them, then that's another thing. Instead of getting on, you know, online, try and talk. You know, I, I feel it's better if they go talk to somebody face heavily to face. involved in the series. Yeah, face to face. That's that's I right. I feel like that is the key. I think that would it solves a lot more because you get direct message of what is trying to be understood right yeah we actually we have a race coming up in two weeks at ncmp um i think some of you all are going to try to come out i hope 
Um, And one of the things that we're doing is we're having a town hall meeting. So Mama really does try to listen to our people. You can't make everybody happy because people want different things. But we always listen and, and try to see how we can incorporate new ideas or what works for the whole of the organization. And, you know, people need to feel heard, and that's that's great. Um, that wasn't, you know, what the issue was. It was, like you said, the keyboard warriors. Yep. Yeah, and unfortunately, those are the ones that kind of take the fun uh, out of out of things. But at the same time, you know, um, you know, even though they're commenting, right? They're still they're still looking. It's still relative, you know, almost in their life, <laughs> right? So they're still talking about it to somebody. So sometimes, uh, I, I I don't know who actually said it, but sometimes bad media is good media. So. I mean, it it kind of, so I guess it's, you know, kind of, it can go vice versa. But at the same time, um, you know, I think just from what I've seen, and I think Heavy D can attest uh, to this, that I feel like this year and maybe towards the end of last year, um, that it seems like things have grown uh, in the sport, Uh, maybe more riders and um, it just feels a little bit better than the past couple of years as far as maybe... I don't really like using the vibe word too much, but it feels better at the races than it has the last couple of years. Do you guys both agree? Oh, uh, I do, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, we've yeah. said it's coming back. We're it's coming back. <laughs> I do, I do too. Because you know we we got an outlaw series race this weekend, and dude, it's Wednesday. We don't start like practice Friday, and we had people pulling in with campers today for like a local outlaw. <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude. When I was leaving work, we probably had like six or seven campers pulled in already. Holy for cow. a local race, dude! Like, Holy yeah, cow. I know. Like that's that's pretty insane. Yeah, especially for an outlaw. That's great. Race. Yeah, but that's great. You know, like that's getting people to go and you know buy these bikes and talk about it and you know, get more eyes on viewership and grow the sport all the way around, right? So, um, Exactly. So that's really cool. Yeah, we're finding we have a lot of new uh, 50 and 65cc families, and that's really exciting for us. Yes, in the Um, NCMX series as well. they're the ones that are going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they're everywhere. Exciting to see. Yes. No kidding. That is exciting. You know, when when you see you getting more 50s and 60s, that means, like, the sport's growing, and the future is bright because that's where it starts. Like, in order for it to keep going, you got to have young ones coming in. That's Absolutely, because right. they got plenty of years in front of them, right? And then that's plenty of opportunity to, to get the word out even more, right? So, um, yeah, because plenty of opportunities going to school or, you know, a, a friend that they play ball sport with maybe or something like that, you know, they start talking about it, and then that family gets into it, you know, so on and so forth. So, um, no, it's awesome. Um Anything else, Heavy D, for Courtney before we uh, let her get on? I know it's I know it's late, uh, so I appreciate you doing this. You're fine. Oh no, I'm I'm excited. You know, hopefully I'm hopefully I can get there for the NCMP race. I think that's yeah. two weeks from now, right? That's June 24th and 25th. Um, and if I could just put a plug in that Monday afterwards, uh, Pro Racer Justin Rodbell is going to do training for anybody that wants to hang around. Nice. And CMP has graciously offered the track, and so a lot of people are making a long weekend out of that NCMP trip. So it should be a good one. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, no, Bill oh, Rod, yeah. he's a he's a he's a good guy. Absolutely, that guy right there. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. He was a mama racer as a little boy, so he he's given back to the organization which is fantastic oh no we also do have a 
Yeah, we have a pit bike uh, bonanza that Saturday night as well. So we're trying to jam-pack a lot into that weekend. T-Bolt USA has sponsored some prizes for that. So, again, another good reason to come out. No, that's awesome. And I think uh, I'm going to I'm gonna make my way down there. We'll see if Heavy D can make it out of the woods and uh, get himself out there. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's awesome for what you guys have been doing up there and uh, also, you know, what we've been doing down here, right? We've been trying to grow the sport, and it's cool to see that uh, multiple, you know, organizations have been, you know, starting to work, uh, uh, you know, better together and um, all of this. So, and that's one of the reasons that myself and Heavy D really wanted to start this podcast was to help out the local scene. And it seems like it uh, it is all the way around. And I think it's good getting these topics out and to be able to talk about this stuff and you know future races and what's going to happen and a lot of the back uh, behind the scenes things that people don't know um, about maybe what people do in certain um, positions at these uh, series races. So. Uh, Courtney, again, thank you very much. Uh, good luck on the uh, on the endeavors, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at NCMP here in a couple of weeks. Okay, great. We'll be listening to you. Awesome, Courtney. Thank you very much. All right. Have a good night. You guys as well. Bye-bye. You too. And that was Courtney Kashka here on the Imperative MX podcast, episode number 25. Heavy D? Yeah, dang, episode 25. Not trying to get off subject, but dang, I'm fly. I know, uh, so. I know. I was writing it out uh, actually last week. I wrote I wrote it out last week um, because, you know, we had a plan to do it, but, of course, plans change. But, yeah, I was writing it out. I said, holy cow, we're already at a quarter of the, you know, a quarter uh, or one-fourth of the way to 100. So we got to think of something crazy to happen, maybe at, like, 50, maybe 100. We got to do something crazy, like get a, like get a bunch of locals in or something like that. Get us all around. Everybody have mics. That'd be cool. Oh, dude, that would be sweet. We could, dude, that would be like a jam session. That's what I'm saying. It'd be like a music jam session, but it's just us talking about just podcast, or I mean, not podcast, but just motocross, you know, and just turn it pretty much into a podcast. Heck yes. So that that would be uh, that would be awesome. But it was good to hear from her and what she does. Um, it seems like she's a marketing director, a social media person, the treasure behind the scenes, the accountant. It seems like just that one person, um, her Courtney, uh, does a lot for the series. And now that, like you said, there towards the end, you know, now that we are in it and we understand it, even though we've grown up in it. Uh, our entire lives pretty much now we're starting to see really the behind the scenes and we hope you listeners um, are understanding a little bit more even as we go and we tell you know we're talking to each other and you guys uh, about this heck yeah you know I think it's good dude you know we actually get to talk especially her as a treasurer that is right treasurer right yeah oh yeah Miss Court been a treasure about how all that plays out. You don't really ever hear about that, you know, like the keyboard warriors, how everything gets set up, like staff, and they got eleven people on staff. That's, I mean, that's that's big, personally. Like all hands on deck, trying to make things better. Like and voluntary, like non non profit. Yeah, you know that's that's the thing. You know, I understand. Every series isn't like that. Every series does their own thing. 
I respect that 100%. You know what I mean? Yep. Everybody does what they get to. But, you know, the fact that they have that many volunteers that want to help make it that much more better is truly amazing. And it goes to show, like, you do have people out there that want the sport to grow and keep on grow, keep on growing and keep going because, I mean, they, they said they have no track in Delaware now. Yeah, that is that's, terrible. I mean, yeah, dude, that's that also that's heartbreaking for me. Like, I, I, even anybody else who's listening, like, uh, no track in Delaware, like the state of Delaware, no track. No, when it's they used to have great. like, they used to have Blue Diamond. They used to have some other like private, or, I mean not private tracks, but like just practice tracks. You know, um, yeah, Tony Archer used to go there. Bell Rod used to go there. I mean, there was a you know that. You can't forget about that infamous uh, Barsha video from Blue Diamond back in 09. So, the Clutch Destroyer. Just like, just like, think about that. And that track was sick. I don't know if it was just how he was riding it or just the fact that, okay, like, he could get grease and just lay down laps, insane laps. Yep. That whole video. But, like, dude, that you've seen how sick that video is legendary to this day. It's I mean, it's basically, it's past borderline iconic. It is an iconic video. And to think, like, that track is no longer even there. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, we talked to Eugene uh, from Mama a couple of months ago. Um, so I think somewhere in between uh, Supercrosses. And um, anyways, he says that now it's completely flat in an Amazon warehouse. So it ain't going. it ain't going nowhere. So that's unfortunate, yeah. but yeah, man, it does it does suck. But hopefully now that we're getting a little bit more, hopefully one will pop back up. But at the same time, um, yeah, that's so un that's so unfortunate. And um, I mean, to be completely honest, I mean, there's only two tracks in Virginia really that are at least near me now since Pro Sport is pretty much gone. You have to rent the track now, which I'm gonna do a because people have been asking me about that. So I'll write something up for the pod or for the website at some point about that, but. Um, Hold on, you got it. You can rent Pro Sport. You can rent it. it ain't gonna do anything to it though. From at least from what I heard. Oh, okay. But at the same time, I'm gonna I'm gonna re re reach out back to Tam and get his actual word on the track so that I can do an official, um, you know, documentation for it or article on the website at some point. And uh, I have been slacking on the website, but I've been extremely busy. So appreciate everybody's patience. But um, getting ready to have somebody redesign it, and because uh, everything I do, you know, that was just me off the rip. All of that was just what I came up with in my design. And um, I think along the way, I made some uh, some mistakes that ended up costing me in the end. And I'd have to almost redesign it to get it back to what. I would like to be or not get back but to get it to where I would like it um and it would just be easier for me just to type and you know be able to put it on there and that sort of thing but before we get down that rabbit hole um we also have the other thing coming to the website heavy d I've been actually working on that uh beginner guide to racing you know motocross like how to get started like every single step like every single step from literally the time yeah, that dude, you are on Google typing how to, you know, how to start. Like, this is literally your A to Z, and I'm going to type it out all. So, um, 
that would be really good too as well. I think that will help uh, for people because I've had people hit me up on, you know, hey, how do you start? Or, you know, is there any videos or any anything on like how to get started? You know, do I, you know, what do I need? You know, all of this. So um, I feel like that would be really good for people as well. Heck yeah. You know, I think that'd be awesome just because like you have a lot, a lot of people, they come in and they don't know which is fine. Like you, you, you step into something new. You step into fresh water. You're not. You don't know what's in the water. Yeah. So the only way to find out is to step in it and see what happens. So, but actually on the website, you going through and doing that, I think that's gonna gotta help out a lot of people. If somebody like it saves a lot of talking too. You think about that. Like somebody yeah. asks, well, what do I do? Just go to Imperative and look at the beginner's guide. Everything you need to know will be there. Yep. And. I think another thing that would be pretty sweet too, which you've probably already thought of it, like we got a lot of sponsors like that you could put their website link in, like FXR. If they need gear, go to FXR. They yep. got you. If you need help at the racetrack, so, you got PR Motorsports. You know what I'm saying? If you need yep, graphics for your exactly. bike, you got Dirt Industries Custom Graphics, right? Like, yep. um, you need, you need, you some, need a bike, West Virginia Power Sports. There you go. Like, we have everything. Everything that you need. The only thing we don't have is the goggle and helmet and boots situation, but it's okay. We're, we're, we're working on it, okay? We're working on it. We're trying to trying to get something going. And, uh, I mean, realistically, I mean, the thought of 2024 is starting to come into my mind, Heavy D, trying to get it uh, set up and what, you know, what our plan is and, um, you know, all of that. So there's a lot of behind the scenes. It, it may not look from the outside that a lot of things are going on, but on the inside, definitely a lot of things are going on here at Imperative MX. Um, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics for over ten years. They've did you were you going to say something, Heavy D? Oh, oh, I was just about to say another thing that came to my head. Go ahead. It, it sounded like a pretty good idea. I was going to say, like, also, what if like for beginners, guys? What if you had like a gear donation for people who've outgrown gear. So, like, say you have a a list of gear that you would have, and the only thing they would have to pay is, like, shipping or something on it. Uh, just, like, some donated gear that you're willing to give some beginners if they want to start, and it's just something for them? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. And I also thought about, you know, for the local series that are just around, like, let's say, like, the, um, you know, the Mama series, and then you have everything that's south for us. Um, you know, all the way down to South Carolina, let's say, um, and put all of their mm -hmm. links to their websites and their, um, you know, um, put their Facebooks on there so you can keep up to date with races and sort of thing. Cause each, cause one of those steps is, you know, what, how do you, you know, where do you look? Right. Well, here you go. Here's three links right. that you can look and you can find out their schedule and what do you need to do from there? I'm going to tell you, here you go. This is what you do from there. What do you do on the morning of, you know, going to the racetrack? You know, what do you need to bring? Like, um, you know, what do you need to check before you get there? You know, you have the little sign-up building that you have to pay the $20, $20 or whatever that day is, right? But that is not your sign-up. That is not your sign-up classes. You have to go to another building to get your sign-up credentials. If it's an AMA, um, you know, race, you have to have an AMA membership. You don't have an AMA membership, here's the link. You know what I'm saying? Like, things like that, just to help. You know, so. Exactly. Dirt Industries Custom Graphics for over 10 years. They've designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. 
Their high-quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. The awesome graphics and decals are utilized by professionals and weekend warriors alike. The highly acclaimed design team is well-equipped to help their customers get the look they want in a short amount of time. The design team prides itself on creative collaboration. They do they not only offer superior quality decals and top-notch designs, but at an affordable price for any budget. Make sure to use Imperative MX, all cap, no space, in the description of this podcast to save you money uh, on your next purchase from Dirt Industries Custom Graphics at Imperative MX. All caps, no space, helmet wraps, banners, license plates, graphics, anything you need uh, wrapped or, you know, get your business out there. Whatever the case may be, Dirt Industries Custom Graphics can help you. Hydropower. Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist himself to help you eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. Make sure to go and check out dirt or uh, drinkhydropower.com to get your blue raz or the brand new flavor fruit punch today. The link is in the description of this podcast for 10% off your purchase of any Hydropower product. So Make sure to take a swig of that hydropower and get on the track safer and faster. Silver Valley MX Park Heavy D, tell me about the local national. Dude, the only local national, the Valley, big fast country. Yeah, my bad. My Everything. Bad. Sorry, my my fault. What? What? Oh, I, I I was just going with you. Like my bad, I didn't know it. You know, it's Thad's country, and you know, it's the only local national. My fault, dude. My fault. Yeah, oh. get, get it right for me, dude. Get it right. No, no, you're good. I, <laughs> you so were just like, wait, what? <laughs> no, I was like, hold on. I hope you didn't think you messed up something. Like you didn't. Like I'm just like I'm just pumping it up, dude, because it's that. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I can't wait to I can't wait until freaking August, man, or October, dude. Dude, I'm so ready for October. Like, I'm not trying to rush life away, but I don't even care about that stuff. I'm ready for Silver Valley, dude. Like, I'm trying. Like, I want it pumped up. I want everybody there, dude. I literally want everybody there. Like, I think we're gonna get God, everybody yeah, there. Dude, it just seems like it's getting thicker and thicker every year. It's going to, and it's just going to continue to grow. Um, that's the local national in Lexington, North Carolina, Silver Valley MX Park. FXR, from high-performance snow rider wear to motocross gear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, snow gear, fishing gear, Whatever it is, FXR has you covered. In my opinion, Garrett Marchbank's opinion, Kyle Bitterman's opinion, and many, many more, go and check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. Sixth place for Marchbanks on that Club MX team this past weekend in the 450 class at Thunder Valley, fxrracing.com, or find them on social media as well thanks to their continuing support and of course the 2023.5 limited edition collection just dropped so make sure to go and check out all of it 
before it goes for good. And speaking of good and local, all at the same time, so a local good rider, does that make sense, Heavy D? A local good rider, a good local rider, a good local rider. Actually, we might have to put great in there, like a great local rider, like the people's champ, like the people's champ. There you go. The people's champ. Let's go go. ahead and get Matthew Burkeen here on the line. Loose program. Total Control Racing Suspension. Chad Newton over there at Total Uh, Control Racing Suspension. Arena Cross team for over 10 years. He knows his stuff. From Luke Neese, Mike McDade, Tyler Bright, Josh Thomas, Jim Chesters, and so many other local legends throughout the years. Thanks to Chad and Total Control for coming on board for 2023 keeping it really, really local over there at Total Control. Like I said, so many riders, KP, Brock Tickle, so many have had their suspension done from Chad and even Luke Neese this year in Supercross using that Total Control racing suspension. So make sure to get your suspension tuned up, get your oil changed, get your seals replaced, and much, much more. Be comfortable on the bike and contact Total Control and Chad over there to help you get that comfort you are looking for. And I tell you what, one person that's starting to get a little bit more comfy, I do believe, is the people's champ, Matthew Burkeen, here on the line. That YZ252 stroke. Matt, I appreciate you coming on to the Imperative MX podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to talk to me. And uh, you got that right. We're definitely starting to find more comfort. We're back on the coast. We're back on the coast we're from and we're ready to let it eat hey i tell you what i just watched your brand new vlog that uh just dropped from thunder valley and i must say there at the end when you're sitting at the gas station somewhere in bfe indiana um you look fit like did did the west coast like fit you out a little bit did jerry put a little bit of uh you know help you out a little bit or what no, I mean, I don't I don't think I was necessarily unfit whenever I went out there, but um, just as many calories as I'm burning on race day, and then I typically kind of struggle to get calories in on race day. So being that that was like a day or two after race day, I'm kind of always looking a little slim side after race day, so I might have been giving you a, a bit of a false sense of fitness. But, I mean, I definitely feel like I'm in shape. It could be better, but I, I definitely am in solid shape, I feel like. And it, it should only get better as I go because – um, anybody that knows uh, that's followed along with me this year, I'm, I haven't hardly gotten to race at all. I only got to race two times before national started, and I am a racer, racer's race, and this racer hasn't been racing, so you, obviously there's a problem there. Yeah, no kidding. But first, yeah. let's speak about that two-day drive from Virginia to California. That had to be brutal all alone. I mean, if, I mean, it was, but it wasn't at that bad. I mean, if that's all I had to do to get on the gate at Paula, then so be it, man. Yeah, no big yeah. deal. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was a long time, and being by myself, um, it got pretty gnarly at the end. But I really don't mind a good road trip, just blasting music and listening to some podcasts. And, I mean, just, you know, kind of got some time to just relax and, and uh, kind of you and your thoughts on the open road. It really doesn't bother me too much, but those last – five or six hours were pretty brutal i was ready to be there bad <laughs> oh i'm sure and uh i'm sure that you were really stoked this weekend uh you had your co- co-pilot girlfriend in this weekend and uh happy anniversary to you both but i bet you that had to be uh really cool for her to uh head on out to california or to uh colorado 
Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. She's actually sitting here right now. She just heard all that, but we nice. we just got a uh, we got a couple of deep tissue massages together just now. We were both feeling kind of hurt from Thunder Valley and then the 24 hours in the truck. But uh, yeah, it was sick to have her out there because obviously the first two um, without her, it just didn't feel quite right. And I did have some people helping me and like people were looking out for me, but it's just not the same. I mean, I'm sure you could even tell. I had some people in the comments already on YouTube say they could tell I was even happier than normal yeah. um, since yeah. she was around. It just it kind of kind of gave me that that sense of comfort that I was missing on the West Coast. And um, we we kind of had our eye on doing Thunder Valley um, for a while. And then uh, even like a month or so ago, we didn't really think I was going to be able to do any of them. So the fact that it kind of came to came to fruition and it all worked out pretty well like we neither of us could be any happier i don't think no that's awesome and i and i know you know me and you are pretty good uh, pretty good friends and from behind the scenes i know that you guys are a team just like you know me and my girlfriend and heavy d and his uh and his or you know we all got to be teams and that's kind of how it works and i think even at the top level of the sport that you're in you know doing these pro motocross nationals i mean i'm not gonna lie i mean Kiefer says home life but it's kind of the truth no, I mean, 100% is the truth. I, I've told as many people that will listen, I've never been as fast as uh, I started to get whenever I met my girlfriend. Because um, whenever I met her, um, I actually was probably, like, on my way out of the sport and didn't really know where I was even going with, like, my life in general. But I met her and started bringing her and um, her dad, the super fan, who will be in attendance at High Point this weekend. But oh, I started man. Bringing, started yes. bringing them to the races and, and man, it just, they just were hyping me up and so positive and like, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not like I had it bad growing up or anything, but my dad was like a realist and he wouldn't really like, you know, blow smoke up my butt or anything like that. Where like my girlfriend and super fan, you know, they don't care who it is. They'll tell me I can beat them. And, um, just, just having those good vibes and positivity. And, and one of the other things, um, her videoing everything I do has been yeah. a huge help as well. I think that that's, one of the things I think probably the biggest thing besides just having them around that's helped me because um, it's helped me figure out what I do wrong and then even whenever we first got together I had a few breakout rides at some money races and like she filmed them and I actually could see them and I even remember a few times driving home on the way uh, back from the race and watching the footage she took and I'm like this ain't even me like there's no way so yeah. it, it really was nice to see see it to believe it you know yeah no that's awesome and uh let's speak about the first uh three nationals uh how they've been going for you we all know you know the ones that have been watching the vlog and been keeping up with you um the the arm pump struggle has been real but overall realistically um you know how's it been how's the experience been so far um well considering a month or so ago i didn't think i was gonna race at all i'm pretty dang happy with it um obviously just as a competitor i always want to be able to do better but um i'm happy with how it's been so far i paula was i didn't really know what to expect with paula just because of the lack of prep and everything but um paula was all right was pretty happy to get out of that one safe and then hangtown oh my gosh i was not a fan of hangtown at all it was gnarly it was yeah like i heard Cali ap was not was a fan sketchy. either yeah yeah, I heard AP was not a fan of the track either. No, no, it, it was, it wasn't cool, and, and and obviously it was it was hard for everybody, and we were all riding the same track. But I I really think on the two stroke it kind of exacerbated the the difficulty difficulty for me because it yeah. was already hard and edgy, slick. And then um, I don't know if you guys watched uh, before the second four fifty moto at Hangtown, they were showing the sight lap, and like there was literally people crashing on the sight lap because yes. they just like 
douse the track. They flooded it. There was water in the puddles and the ruts and stuff. So it was pretty sketchy. But um, I did get my best finish on the two strokes um, that I've had so far at Hangtown with a 26. Nice. And I'll be real with you guys. I'll be real with you guys. There was, you know, a lot of people laying down in the first turn that helped me out with that. But yeah, I mean, a result's a result. So I was just trying to use it off, uh, use it as something to build off of. And then um, Thunder Valley, I had that kind of penciled in as like one of two of the hardest for me to make. I think um, I was thinking Thunder Valley and Southwick would be the toughest for me. Yep. Um, and Thunder Valley, just just with all the altitude and um, making my bike slower and then I've had some issues with altitude with my body in the past too so I really just had no idea how I was going to go so uh, get in uh, and qualify straight in for that one and then uh, first moto I had a crash but I thought I rode pretty well second moto um, was a 28 so I, I didn't have we didn't have like 10 people down in the first turn this time so I thought my riding was the best at, at Thunder Valley so um, with the effort I was able to put in for the whole moto being that we were at altitude, I thought it was going to mess me up a lot worse than it did. Yeah, and, and I was actually watching the last 450 moto um, as we were coming back. I was training some kids this weekend on sun, or on Saturday, and um, I was looking at the lap times, and I just, you know, uh, kind of towards the front kind of got a little uh, boring there. But I started to uh, watch your lap times, and it seemed like you were putting in consistent ones there until, you know, there towards the very, very end or the tail end. But um, it seems like you're going longer uh, than you were maybe at the first uh, two. So it seemed like, you know, all the way around, it seemed like it came together for you at Thunder Valley uh, moving into these East Coast races where I think that you're going to shine even more because you're used to, um, you know, this area over here. Yeah, I, I agree with you, especially because I did all these tracks there on the East Coast last year, um, so I'm really looking forward to um, doing these for a second year in a row and just having some familiarity with the tracks and stuff. But um, mainly, as far as the first three, like I, I don't feel like I was fading too bad. Like I, My fitness is better than, than I was expecting with the huge lack of prep time, but the thing that I'm still struggling with is just um, in the motos when the tracks get that gnarly eye. Um, I'm, I'm learning to ride the tracks a little more efficiently this year. I do think I'm doing a better job with that, but I'm still just using too much brakes and not enough gas. I just am not really taking, I shouldn't say not taking enough chances, but, um, I'm just, I think maybe riding a little bit too within myself just cause I'm a little intimidated by the conditions, but I do think I've gotten better each round so far. And, um, with the comfort of the East coast soil and tracks out here, I really think, um, that that could be what we need to get us further up into the battle because last year um last year it was almost a little embarrassing how i was doing in the motos i was good at qualifying but horrible in the motos mm -hmm. and at least this year um i've, I've been fighting i've been moving forward and yep. um i've definitely made way more passes this yes. year um yep. than i've made all year last year so i i'm just trying to take the the small victories and, and just improve each race i mean obviously like i said earlier i want to obviously i always want to do better but at the end of the day like it's none of this is going to make or break my career or whatever you want to call this like i'm not going to get a factory ride or anything like that i'm just having fun and trying to do the best i can and enjoying the hell out of it absolutely and have fun with it uh along the way the uh uh talk to me about that lesher and uh you uh for the two-stroke race tell me about that oh dude i'm hyped on it it's gonna be sick i've been watching the dude in supercross which Full disclosure, I cannot do Supercross. I ain't made for it. You will not see me in Supercross. So yeah, I'm they did you dirty on that with the SX mains. They did you dirty yeah. on that one. Yeah. 
uh, I mean, actually, that, that was his mechanic, um, so it wasn't even Jared. <laughs> but I was thinking about, I was, I was thinking about maybe putting putting a side note in that said MX Main nine to zero in my favor. But <laughs> yeah. um, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, man, it's gonna be sick. I mean, if he beats me, that's cool. He's ripping, and if I beat him, I mean, he still got me in Supercross, so I think it's gonna be sick and. Um, I mean, as long as both of us are in the show and somewhere near each other, I think everybody's going to be stoked. So I, I think it's going to be sick having another one of us out there for sure. I've got no worries about it. If he beats me, cool. If I beat him, even cooler. Awesome. The Imperative MX Podcast, episode number 25, speaking with the People's Champ on that 252-stroke out there in the Pro Motocross Series, Matt Burkeen. Heavy D? Matty B. So... Let, let's just say hypothetically, like you and Lesher, y'all battling. Honestly, it will take over the show. The cameras will go on y'all. <laughs> the cameras will go on y'all, and they don't. They won't even care who's out front. The win will be between y'all two. It don't matter if it's for thirty eighth and thirty ninth. <laughs> the camera will be on y'all. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've seen that Jets made it pretty boring at the front, so. It probably wouldn't be a bad move from their standpoint to, to film me unless you're for close. And, I mean, really, it it wouldn't surprise me that much if, if we battle. Because, like, obviously, um, unless one of us does something really special, we're more than likely probably both going to get bad starts. So, <laughs> chances are we're going to probably – chances are we're going to see each other. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I want to ask this. Like, I know, like, y'all are out having fun doing the thing, dude. People are loving it. I mean – Honestly, I think the way you're doing it, I think a lot of guys wish they could kind of do it how you guys are doing it just because it's like, you know, you're still keeping it fun. But, like, I feel like everybody has a goal. So, let me ask you this. Would you rather finish top ten or rip a whole shot? Uh, you have to between the two. I guess I'm going to say finish top 10 because the whole shot doesn't pay a damn dime. So I'm going to go top 10. Hey, and you get some points for that top 10, too. You don't get no points for a whole yeah, shot. I mean, boys, I haven't even top 20 yet. So if we're going to go up on the ladder like that, I'll take it. Yeah. No okay. I love it. I love it. Hey, Red Bud? Red Bud? Oh, yeah. I don't know, man. You were, you were good at Redbud last year, I felt like. So I think I think maybe something could happen this year there. Can uh you know, another first term pile up something like that and uh you just keep chugging. Hopefully it's not one that I'm part of. No, man, hopefully that hangout was Harley. And and luckily I was actually talking to it with a about it with uh, AP and Harlan and Harlan was one of the ones who got freaking swung across the track last at Hangtown in that pile up. But yeah. literally me. Me having a slow bike saved my life because I come out of the gate and had a great jump, and then they all pulled me and I let off, and then they all crashed and I did. So I, I guess at the end of the day, it went pretty well for me. How the greats? Um, obviously this is a really subjective thing because, like you know, this is my opinion, but I really don't like them. Um, I think for me on the two stroke, I think it makes it even harder because everybody just gets straight traction where. With the dirt, I think the 450s, like with more power, they'll get more wheel spin, and it just maybe evens it out a little bit more in my favor. But this year, um, like la last year, I had a couple good starts. Like I got, I shouldn't even say lucky, but um, I managed to pull a few. And so far, the first six, I've been like in the back few every single time. It's been tough, and I mean, part of that's on me. I got to be better, but um, 
it's tough and it's, it's kind of sketchy too. I'm sure you guys have noticed there's been, um, I think some more pileups this year. And I think it might have something to do with the grace just because everybody can come off a little more even and everybody's a little tighter, but I guess we'll just have to see how it plays out for the rest of the season. Yeah. If we get one every single weekend, like we have been, then definitely eyebrows are going to be raised for sure. Uh, cause yeah. that 250 pileup yeah, this I, weekend wasn't, that took out almost half the field. So yeah. Definitely. And I mean, that that's like a pretty safe start. Like, I'm really not sure how this is going to go. Like, I heard Red Bud is back at the old start this year. So that old start with the greats is probably going to be a bloodbath. Oh I feel like Millville with the greats. Millville with the greats will be sketchy. Unadilla with the greats will be sketchy. Like, oh. there's going to be – I feel like we haven't even really – besides Tanktown, obviously, the, the other two starts have been, like, not sketchy at all, and people have still been crashing. So, yeah. Um, for those, of us, for those of us that are doing those races that I just mentioned, I guess we got to buckle up. Yeah, no kidding. I'll be praying for you guys from the uh, from the back <laughs> seat back here. But, um, man, speak about the fan experience for these uh, for these first three. How's it been so far? Um, it's been pretty good. It, it hasn't been. Um, excuse me. Nothing that's quite topped um, high point last year. So I'm really excited to go back there this weekend because last year that was like the best fan response I got um, and it was the first round so um, I'm excited to go back there but it's been it's been good people have been digging the two smoke there's been a lot of people coming through the pits and um, talking about my YouTube videos and stuff like that so it's been fun to meet everybody um, and then even at, at Thunder Valley the first photo I I crashed at the beginning and was kind of by myself for a few laps and the crowd was just going wild while I was back there all by myself so um, that's kind of a, a nice little consolation for being way back in last, which is definitely not what you want to do. But yeah. um, the fans have definitely been loving it, and I feel like with a couple of us on the track this weekend, it should just get even better. Absolutely, and you got merch. No choice. Yeah, no choice. I got a, a no choice shirt with me and Sexton on the back, and then um, we've got the famous super fan. He's got his own shirt with all of his catchphrases on the back. Uh, one of them isn't the most kid friendly, so maybe don't buy it for your five year old. But if you're an adult, charge it. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, I saw those and I was like, man, that's uh, that is so cool. And uh, man, expect some local races this fall for sure. Um, yeah, the fall definitely. I don't know if I'll be doing any between now and the fall just because I've got my hands so full with, oh, yeah. with nationals. I was, even, I was even telling my girlfriend, like, this is going to be, like, one of the first years in a while like that I'm not really trying to race local because, I mean, we're only on round four this weekend, and just with all the travel and the racing and just all the responsibilities I've had, like, <laughs> I'm kind of already smoked. So I'm definitely going to be trying to use the off weekends to recoup. Like, I think we're going to go probably to the beach and hang out next weekend and just relax. So we're just going to try to make sure we get through all 11 rounds first and then um then we'll kind of try to transition to the fall because that's when a lot of money races are and then um of course that's when the greatest race of the year the muddy creek top gun showdown with the cody Gregg two-stroke races as well so um we're always looking forward to that absolutely uh are, are we coming to silver valley this year you coming you're are you gonna come um, back I mean, out that's that's the plan i mean okay. i hopefully Good. i don't uh Hopefully I don't sneeze and blow out my back a couple days before this year like an idiot. But yeah. other than that, we should be good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think this year you should have a way better uh, experience than last year for sure. It was uh, it was definitely brutal, and I hated to see that you went out, uh, you know, like that. And especially the way that you did, too, just so odd and so weird. Um, but, you know, shit happens, right? So no choice. 
Um, yeah, yeah no other- choice indeed. It wasn't wasn't ideal, and I I got to sit around and watch everybody else make money. But um, as far as like, I had a really really good season last fall, and that was like the one race that didn't pan out for yeah. me. So. Um, definitely can't win them all. That was the one I did not win. But between blowing up that 450 and blowing out my back, it was not an ideal day for the program. But like I say, we will rebuild. We rebuilt, and we were back after it the next weekend. Absolutely. Uh, Heavy D, any final questions for uh, the People's Champ? No, dude, I'm just stoked on I'm just stoked on Matty D, man. What are you doing? And God, I, I want to see you score some points. I know it's like I know that's the goal. You want to score points and get that extra paycheck. But, man, that's love what you're doing. And I definitely want to see a whole shot. I think we'll see a, we'll see a different Matty B. He, he rips a whole shot. I'm telling you. I'll tell you what, Matty B. You'll see if I rip a whole shot, is a Matty B on the ground, man. I don't know if you want to see that. But, <laughs> but I, Heavy D, I'm stoked on you too, man. You're the freaking – you're a boss. I haven't seen you in a while, but I'll be seeing you guys at uh, – at Silver Valley, where you'd be prepping the gnarliest freaking national of all nationals. That's not even a real national, but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it should be sick. What can I say? Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, I'll see you at Southwick. Southwick is going to be the first one that, uh, that I'll attend, um, this year hey, and, uh, no. go to some other ones too. So, um, and I'm going to get up with you too, uh, to see what your travel plans are to see if you need a co pilot or anything like that to go to some. So, um, I'll be hit, I'll be hitting you up, but um, anything else, Heavy D? Oh no, dude, that's I think I, we're we're good, bro. Well, good, uh, Matt. I appreciate you coming on uh to the uh, podcast this week, and uh, I think this is your second time uh on. So I appreciate the time. I know it's kind of late, and uh, man, go get them this weekend at High Point. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, brother. All right, man. All right, see ya later. All right, and that was the people's champ, Matt Burkeen, on the line. And, uh, man, it was a good conversation. Always good to chat with uh, Matt Burkeen, Heavy D. Oh, yeah, dude, it is. You got to love Matty B. That, that is, I mean, he's good, good soul, good person, awesome, awesome personality. That's why he's the people's champ. Absolutely, and uh, I tell you what, man, he is raising some uh, some eyebrows in the YouTube gang. Uh, in in the YouTube game, if you guys have not checked them out, make sure to go and check them out on YouTube and go and buy some merch. Help them out. Help out the People's Champ. No choice. Loose program. Everything. He's a he's a really good guy. I've known him ever since I started racing uh, dirt bikes. I went to my first ever training session with him. So I've known uh, I've known Matt Burkeen and his family for a very long time. And uh, awesome, awesome people. Uh, PR Motorsports, your newest trackside support trailer at the local NCMX races and more. They were on hand uh, at some of the regionals and also at the NCMX series races each weekend. If you need anything, make sure to find their trailer at the races. Find them on social media. And thanks to Charlie and Justin for all of their help and what they do for each and every one of you guys at the local, local motocross races here at our hometown tracks and uh man they're helping you guys out on the weekends with tires and grips handlebars gear number plates anything that you guys need to get you guys back racing out on the track pr motorsports is there for you guys and they will be at the ridge this weekend 
for your trackside support trailer. And uh, before we go any further, Heavy D, I decided to throw in a new segment and asked uh, a handful um, of my buddies that I'm good friends with to send in some questions uh, for us to answer here on the pod. Are you ready? You know it. All right. Do you guys believe Masterpool deserves a ride or too soon to tell? What do you think, Heavy D? Oh, man. See, you caught me with a tough one right there. Golly. Right, right off the rip. Um, here, okay, so let me – okay, let me let me put it like this. I've – only reason – so, God, if I didn't – if I wouldn't have heard this information, it would probably be a different – I probably have a different opinion, but because I, I've heard this and know of this, I think it's a different story. But they, which he's, I think he wrote all Supercross, but you know, when he wrote for Star, apparently they was picky about tracks they would ride or race. Yep. Like, I think, like, Supercross, they, like, it depending, wasn't that really into it. Now he just kind of does it, but. I mean, me personally, not no. I would say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah. I want to say yeah because here's the thing, and a lot of people don't realize it. He had you know he had the star ride, and I hate he like they let him go, but. You think like that year he had to start right when he was killing it and doing good. He just come off injury. He's not slow. Like he's fast as can be, dude. Like the kid rips. I think it was just some behind the scenes issues, but I mean, I mean personally, I'm, I just think it's kind of odd. Like after he left Star, he didn't get any other offers. But I mean, I want to say yeah, but. Also, another uh, another handful of guys do as well, man. It's that's I'm gonna leave it at that because I think we'll get into it here in a minute. But I feel like it's a lot of those privateer guys. They get excuse my friend. They kind of get shit on. It's like yeah. they're not slow. Like they're fast. You just got what well, we got like eight other dudes that got factory rides that's out. So. Yeah. It's like they're not slow. I, I think it's just a the position they get put well, in. Well, teams like, aren't doing fill-in rods either, it seems like, either. They're like, yep, we're good. Exactly. It's just like Husky. Husky yeah, has like, no 450 ride, and they're like, yep, we're good. We're not even going to have a 450 out there. It's okay. So. But, I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, they ain't doing any filling rods. And, like, I, I feel like a lot of these, these dudes, they're not slow. They're just as good. It's just, like, they don't have – eight other factory dudes they gotta like try to beat off the start or deal with better bikes and stuff so i mean it just it, it, i mean it goes to show like they're just as fast like they're not slow it's yeah. like they can they're just able to get there now yeah because eight other dudes aren't there so i say uh i say no the only the only reason i say no is uh because number one it's just it's the first ride Right, like, first ride, he showed, right? Going to need a little bit more. 
show show a little bit more consistent or not more consistency, but show that you could do it again. Show that you could do it again. But then on top of that is um, a lot of these teams aren't doing fill-in rides, and then for him to even get a contract, he he would need to be halfway decent at Supercross. Um, but Supercross doesn't come as easy for him as outdoors. So, and the way that uh, I've heard the exact same thing that you've heard, his uh, camp is a little bit difficult to deal with. So, I believe that he's just going to take this sport clips rod and just show that he can, you know, be up there, take the money, take the sponsorship money, and just, you know, keep going. Uh, he had a little bit of bike work done, um, you know, to his, to his bike, but it really doesn't matter. All of it, you know, he beat factory guys straight up. He passed factory guys oh. straight up. So, I mean, Did you work? yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I was just going to say it's just too early to tell right now like he's uh, to me he would need to do it again if he does it again then I'd be like okay this dude is like really for real I mean he showed he's for real we all know that he's for real right like we've all seen it red bud 2020 will never forget you know so um yeah I just I think it's It's just too early right now it's funny you know something I never I don't think I ever told you this I was in California at, what was it, Milestone, the first day he ever rode a Supercross track. Oh, really? And he broke his collarbone. I oh, was there. I've seen it happen, yeah. Damn. I yeah. was actually there. Yeah, because it just hasn't, um, it hasn't gone well. And you know these teams, they want a good Supercross rider over motocross rider because that's where the money is. That's where the sponsorships are. That's what the the big – endorsement you know series is right so um i don't know it's, i mean i think it's a for him no i agree it, it i mean that's just how it is yeah i mean you're right about that 100 percent. i think you, you you also got to think too okay he was in 2020 i think yeah 2020 2021 red bull it was 2020 right uh i I believe, but don't quote me. I think it's twenty or twenty-one, one or the other. I think it was twenty, it, though. It was, it it was like the last three or four. He got to come back and race. He just went on a tear. Yeah, and, he pulled the whole shot and did like the did did the look for, or I mean, did the point for Jesse. Yeah, memory looked or and he pointed he up. A, it was he was just on a tear, and then he lost that ride. So it was. I mean, you think he went from the best bike to like a privateer bike and then he was doing his own thing in 250 and I mean nothing against Cali but I mean on a two, it, it's kind of hard like 250 class is freaking stacked well and it's a lot of money to race and, a 250 class too a lot yeah. of money so. so I mean the the first race on 450 he did good I mean it was I think honestly it was probably pretty smart like you know spend less money and, and do just as good so and get paid honestly, a lot I more I think it's just it's just him getting more acquainted. I think he'll do even better. I mean, that was the second race. The first one, he did good, too. Yep. It's just like the second one, I think he got more confidence. You know, he, he got the feeling better on the 450 and, a Mac, you know, acclimated to what it was going to take, like, race-wise, and he got better. So, I mean, it, it's, I, I just feel like it's one of those deals, you know. It's like, he... 
I think he'll get better. Like he was definitely ripping. I, I mean, I don't think that was just any kind of fluke. Like no, he's uh-uh. obviously fast. No, it's 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 the it's the real deal. I just want to see it again. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah, I just, just want to see it again. Show. Just prove it to me again, and then it would be a different you know subject. If he can do it again at High Point, then which. I think he will be because High Point kind of reminds me of Colorado with the real r- long ruts and uh, real choppy corners and that sort of thing. So I think I think he'll still do uh, okay. Um, and then the the final question of this segment, which uh, we haven't figured out a name for, but we will choose. Uh, we only had two this week because I just came up with it like three hours ago. So um, do you think the rumors of Sexton and Jet Hating each other are true, or is Sexton just resting after SX and the couple of crashes? Now, I have not heard any rumors of Sexton and Jet hating each other, um, but I'm sure Chase is probably not having fun watching this 19-year-old uh, kind of steal his throne a little bit here in the outdoors when, you know, coming in, Chase was kind of the guy to look at, and now it's 6-0 and Jet. So I'm sure he's probably not very stoked um, on the situation, but I don't know if you know if there's any drama or anything between them. Uh, do you know, Heavy D? Uh no, I hadn't like heard any of that. Um, you know, I just honestly, I mean, I don't think there's any drama there. I mean, of course, I know it's probably it's probably got to suck, you know, being hurt, but. It's just another one of those deals. I mean, he can. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think when Sexton gets back, he'll be fine. It's just like when you hit your head and you get mono, like that's that's a gnarly combination. Yeah, the the mono thing. Yeah, the the mono thing is the thing that's going to take a while. The concussion thing, you know, those guys, you know, in a week or two, um, like a real bad one, right? Like those guys seem to be. Uh, you know, back. If they take a two-week off break or whatever, they're good to come back. But, you know, now we're coming up on three weeks. So, uh, I think it's the mono at this point, um, which is kind of unfortunate. But we do get Kenny back this weekend, so that will be that will be good to have another um, factory rider up there and in the mix. And, oh, yeah. So, um, and apparently today was Jason Anderson's first day on uh, on motocross, or back on the bike. So, um, yeah. I saw Kawasaki post something that they're ready to go at High Point, and they had a picture of Anderson from last year at High Point holding up, a, you know, his um, podium trophy, and then they had a picture of Joe. So, uh, I don't know if they were trying to hint, hint, wink, wink that Jason is gonna come back this week, but I wouldn't think if today was his first day on a Wednesday that he's gonna get on the bike and then get on a flight and come straight to high point to race. But at the same time, dirt bike racers are built differently. So, um, it wouldn't really, uh, wouldn't really surprise me, but I don't think his super motocross points are in jeopardy to where he needs to come back to finish inside the top 20. I think he's probably pretty good there. So, um, but yeah, I have, I haven't heard anything, um, about that, uh, that whole situation. So, I'm not 100% sure, but um, Heavy D, since we have not talked about any of the races because we have been busy and a bunch of knuckleheads, um, 
let's go into it real quick. Uh, let's talk about the 450 class as a whole. We could talk a little bit about what happened this weekend, but um, just give me your thoughts um, about the first three rounds in the 450 class. Um, yeah, just talk to me about it and what what are what are kind of your thoughts on the uh, on the 450 class right now. I mean, it's it's a jet show, that's for sure. I mean, honestly, it's... does he go twenty two and zero? We could talk about it, right? Like this I is that we're like we're at the point now to where we could talk about it, right? Like this is now the point to where like, okay, I think he could do this. Oh, like I, it's no doubt he could do it, like. There's no doubt in my mind he could do it. I think the t- whole 22 and 0 are just like that's everything has to go right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's more or less a him you have to worry about. It's just like, like no mishaps happening. You know what I mean? And yeah, like what we were just pulled. talking about with Matt, like with the with the starts, right? Like we're going to some tracks that are going to have some. Very weird corners to try and have everybody come in all at once, uh, literally at the same time. So, um, yeah, I mean, first turn pile up, a bike malfunction, you know, uh, pants fall off, you know, like anything. I was, I was talking to my pops the other day, and he was just, I was like, man, he just took a whole shot in which my dad had a good, uh, uh, like a fantastic coin, and so to go along with Matt, just like. Their own grace is maximum traction, and he's light as shit on one of the best bikes out there. Yeah. So it's about damn near ine- inevitable that he don't get a start. Yeah, that's like you have. That's like putting, you know, um, an eleven-year-old on a four fifty. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he's very light. Yep. He is he's tall. I will say that he is taller than me, and I'm five eleven. So. Um, or maybe same height, somewhere right around in there. So he is a little bit taller, but for sure he's very, um, obviously he's in, he's in shape and fit, um, but he's definitely smaller than all of the other guys. It's like putting, you know, a really small guy on a star bike. That star bike's going to shine, you know? So, um, exactly. But yes, it is 100% a jet show, um, as of right now. For sure, I don't see that stopping at any point. I do not think that Kenny's going to come in and just take that away. I think Jet is way too good right now, and I know Kenny's good, but I don't know if Kenny can, you know, come off, you know, not not being in the series uh, for the past three weekends and being able to just hop in. But at the same time, you know, Kenny likes to show us all all sorts of shit. So who knows? Um, but uh, AP, AP's trying. I think he's the closest one right now in the series that is trying to get up to Jet if he can. But I feel like Jet can just pick up the pace whenever he wants. So it's going to be very hard for AP, but I think he is the second best guy in the class right now. Would you agree, Heavy D? Yeah, I, I agree. And also, like, like here, here's what's funny. I think... If you watch Jet, like when him and Sexton was battling, I honestly think like 
he like don't even know if he's going fast. Yeah, God, I'm gonna sound crazy saying this, but I think to a certain extent, like even with him and Sexton with bat chases about, I don't think he has much. I don't think it's much more faster he can go. I think it's his riding style that makes it look like that he can go faster than what he's really going. If that makes sense. I don't know, bro. I, I did you did you watch that? Um, Jason Thomas pointed it out, and we all saw that tw- that two minute and twenty second that Jet put in at Paula on the very last qualifier. Go back and rewatch mm-hmm. that. I'm literally uh, saying the exact same thing that JT said on the Pulp Show and on the Review Show for Pulp MX, but I don't care because he is exactly right. If you go back. And you watch that one lap. It's at the very end of qualifying. He did it on the very last lap. Go back and watch that. Unreal. Like, dude, he 100% has more more in the tank. He's just doing what he needs to do to, you know, maintain that gap. You know what I'm saying? Like, somebody would catch him, Mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, they're kind of catching me? Watch this. Two or three seconds, he pulls away in one lap. Like, nothing. Like and it's fine, no big deal. So I think that the I dude, like, yeah, bro, he's gonna be very, very good for a very long time. And he's only 19 years old, and he's doing this to these guys. Like, bro, yeah, it's gonna be very difficult for these guys. I I have a feeling for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the year. No matter if Chase comes in, it's gonna be. I think it's even gonna be hard for Chase to beat him, even when he comes back. Um. I I just have I mean, a very high ceiling for Jet right now because I mean he's dude think about it like all of these guys that started in their 450 class like off the rip didn't have a lot of success right you could take out um Dungey and uh a couple of others that have won on their very very first year you know what I'm saying but normally it does not happen even to the greats it does not happen so now that he's doing this and yeah, bro. Like, he's different for sure, and I think he's got he's got more in the tank for sure. Ah, uh, that's why. I mean, I hate it happens. It should happen, but that's why I hate that like Tomac got hurt because I feel like that would have been it. I think it'll let us know a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Just I agree, and like, I think if Chase stayed in it too, I think if Chase stayed in it, I think we would have seen a little bit more because Chase is. The only one that we have, a, that, you know, right off the rip that we knew had a, or, well, first we thought it was going to be Chase and Jet was going to be chasing Jet, or uh, Jet was going to be chasing Chase, but that didn't happen. So, yeah. Well, the reason I say it is because you think about it like Chase, it's like he's, he's fast as shit. Of course, the person of anybody out there that can challenge Jet, but. He's also been more mistake prone than anyone else. I've just, you know, when it comes to making those little minor mistakes that will cause him, like everything he gains, like when he would close in on Jet, like it was several times he closed in on him. Yeah. But he he made those mistakes. Like even Jet was making mistakes. That's why I I feel like when they was battling, that let me know right there. Like he's he was about peaked out, like speed wise, because. You rarely see Jet make mistakes. He was making a pretty good bet when Chase was like chasing him. 
Yeah, but so, the only thing is, is that he like, wasn't making those costly ones that was making him lose like those seconds that Chase was. You know what I'm saying? Like to have a guy like Chase behind you, literally dogging you the entire time, and he kept his composure even if he made these little mistakes here and there. But to be completely honest, that track was one line. So, um, I mean, the, I mean, not really full one line, but I want to say a majority of the time it was it was uh, one line, like. Chase had one side of the track that he was really good at, and Jet had his side of the track that he was really good at. And it was like a yo-yo the entire time. But, like, I don't know. To me, it felt like Jet could just turn on the afterburners and just go if he wanted to. But who knows, right? Well, that's why I say I wish I, I hate Tomac got hurt because I think it would let us know a little bit more because, you know, Tomac, like, headstrong as he is, like, he's pretty headstrong when it comes to being mistake from, especially since he's been on Star, it would have let us know a little bit better. You know what I mean? And even if Chase is, was he, better, he'd figure it out. Just because I feel like Chase is a more, he's more mistake prone. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely understand. And, I mean, just the consistency of Jet, I mean, just this year, I mean, right? Like, winning damn near everything is worst finish than Supercross was on the podium. So, I mean... Um, and that was one race, two races maybe. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, moving off of the, the 450s, which I'm I'm really stoked before we move off of the 450s, I'm really stoked for the privateer riders that are getting their names out there in this Pro Motocross Championship. That's why I like the Pro Motocross Championship because it it's very different from Supercross racing. And these guys can, you know, show their fit and, uh, you know, show that they don't have to have very much done to their bike to be able to do very, very well as long as you have the talent and you have the fitness and, um, you know, you're, um, you know, able to be headstrong, then you could do really, really well. So, you know, Marchbanks, Harlan, Masterpool, uh, uh, you know, Butron, Wildcat Racing, you know, all of these guys that are doing really good, Lucrucio, um, Derek Drake, all of these guys that don't normally get the spotlight and they're starting to get a little bit more of the spotlight, I'm I'm super excited for that and uh, really, really happy for that. I hope, um, I think as the series goes on, I think Ferrandis and Coop uh, will get better along with AC. You got to remember AC took um, Zach Osborne down to the last moto um, there in 2020. So um, AC is good. Uh, you know, he's having the arm problem, but it's okay. Uh, him and Harlan went at it so hard. Like, Adam was – there was no way in hell Adam was allowing Harlan to make a pass for him on that uh, – in that race, in that last moto. There was no way a- – Adam was going to die then let fucking Grant Harlan beat him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He Cooper. was, like – Go ahead. No, you good. You good. I was you good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super stoked for uh, the 450 class is is starting to get more interesting. So instead of when Chase went out, we were like, oh, this is going to be completely boring. I think now it's come into full fruition, and uh, I have to throw out March Banks as well in there. Thank God he's back on a 450. He deserves to be there. Keep him on a 450. Don't take him off. That that's my theory. Yeah, keep him on a 450. I don't care if you stick him in there and for Supercross. I don't care. 
keep him on a 450. That's where Garrett belongs, in my opinion, and take of it, you know, as you would. But um, the 250 class, um, have we ever and have we ever seen a brother dominance the way that we have Heavy D with these two? Sure, we had the Alessi brothers. Sure, we had the Stewart brothers. And, I mean, is there any other brothers that are really at the top pinnacle of the sport to where they've won titles and are consistently winning both of them in the same year? Man. Like indoors and out? I mean, there. I mean, the name of the game is consistency. But it's just like, Hunter, the first moto, he, he's there. He just finishes consistently. Like, the last two, Justin Cooper's been, like, right there. But he screwed, like, second moto, typical, like, second moto mess up. I don't understand it. Yeah. No, I think. But, no, we, 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 what we saying? Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, but, no, we, we haven't, like, I mean, the only brother duo that has championships is James and Malcolm. I mean, and oh, Justin Hill and Josh Malcolm Hill. Just, Josh Hill hasn't won a championship. Ever. No, no, no. I'm just thinking of just successful brothers in the sport, regardless of championships or oh, not. Oh. At least right, at least right now. And then, and then I did say championships, but then I was like, well, let's just think of some other brother duos. I mean, Josh Hill, Justin Hill, the Stewarts, the Alessis. Um, you did have the Villapotos with Tyler Villapoto, but he never went as far as Ryan did. Um, up there, he did do some arena cross races and that sort of thing. But um, he raced the Hahn brothers, the Hahn brothers. Yeah. Um, uh, the Gurky uh, brothers, Kyle and um, Matt. Yep. Uh, oh, uh, Alex Martin and. Jeremy Martin. Jeremy. Uh, um, but yeah, no, I don't think we've ever seen a brother dominance, uh, a family dominance in both classes, in both Supercross and Motocross. Because I don't believe, because what was it? What year was it that Malcolm won his title? 18? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It was, was it 18? Yeah. Yeah, so Stu already hung it up. Yeah, so Stu, I mean, JS7 already hung it up by that point. So, yeah, this is the, you know, this is the brother dominance that we'll ever, you know, that I think maybe we will ever see. Um, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I don't think we've ever seen brothers like this, and I don't know if we ever will either. I mean, you know, ever is a long time, right? But maybe in our in our time, we definitely maybe will never ever never see it again I should say yeah you know it, it's crazy like around at the same time dude they won championships and the same they're probably about to double up like I think this will be I mean this will be something especially in the record book that'll be hard to beat yeah for like for both brothers to win the Supercross 250 titles and then for both mm-hmm. brothers to win the 450 and the 250 MX titles, and then if they were to both win the Supercross World Championship, oh yeah, bro, that's that's for sure going in the record books. But to be honest, from the outside, I mean, not from the outside looking in, but from 
you know, just from right now looking at it, I could see it 100% that they could be, you know, the champions. Um, oh, 100%. at the end of the year. So, um, it's going to be really interesting. I think the super motocross thing might actually play out a little bit better than we thought. Now it just depends on the track. But I think as far as the points and, you know, the venues and that sort of thing, I think it's actually going to be really good at the uh, at the end of the year, and I can't wait. We definitely got to go to Charlotte, and uh, I want to try to make it up to the Chicago land one, too, as well. I think that would be pretty cool. Um, but let's speak about the 250 class heavy D. Um, yeah, Hunter is leading the championship, obviously. Hayden did have it, uh, have second there. He won his first moto uh, at Hangtown, so that's awesome uh, for Hayden. It seems like he's, um, you know, starting to figure it out. And uh, it was a little weird riding by him, um, a little bit of cross-jumping and, you know, uh, that sort of thing uh, with Hunter, and Hunter had enough and uh, went right by him. But other than that, Hayden's been riding really good. Um I would have to say my biggest disappointment so far is Shimoda. Uh, I thought Shimoda would be a little bit better than he has started. I don't think he's very happy with the motorcycle. Um, and uh, your title contender is not going to win that title, Heavy D. I'm just going to let you know. Oh, yeah, no, he's, he's out. No, nah, Farez is out. Unfortunate for Farez. Uh, he rode so good man like I yeah I had really high I, I was like I was like oh my goodness after Paula he finished like seventh and I and I eyebrow raised because I was like you know there's a lot of dudes in here you know like there's a lot of talent no, in dude, this 250 was, class and getting it oh dude he would just he was getting better each race he got better and better yep and I mean you know training the entire year for this pro motocross championship and then it just be ripped away like that five motos in is just oh man that's so unfortunate and um yep my title uh contender cooper is uh i believe he's starting to pick up his groove a little bit he rode a lot better in thunder valley than he did at paula or hangtown so um i am stoked on that uh just stoked because i picked them for my title uh, contention, so I want to be right. So I'm just gonna, you know, root them on all the way. But um, I think it will be interesting now that we're going east. Um, you know, Southwick, High Point, Red Bud, uh, those sort of places. I think uh, have been good to Cooper in the um, in the past. Uh, so I mean, he's only got four moto wins and like over 30 podiums. So. If he can stay consistently on the podium and you have one of those weirdo races by Hunter or, you know, first-term pile-up, a bike problem, anything like that, like what happened to last year at Red Bud with Jet's bike just all of a sudden just didn't work, right? And then Hunter got the championship lead uh, after that moto and then I think he, uh, well, after that day and then the next weekend Jet was right back. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what, what happens in this 250 class. I think you know, just thinking about it, it's only three rounds down, moving into high point this weekend. I feel like we haven't even um, really even touched the surface of this 250 class yet because, you know, we're not we're not even um, halfway yet. So I feel like it's going to get better and better. And I feel like the, the 450 class can too, Heavy D. So. Oh, 100%. It is. It's only going to get better. I mean, it gets – 
gets me excited. Like, first in the 450s when Jet started walk away, I was like, ah, oh, this is boring. I was more excited for the two videos, but now, like, seeing the privateer dudes, like Harlan and Masterpool, get up there and battle with Plessinger and them, and, like, when when they, like, Ferrandis got passed, I was like, all right, these dudes mean business. It got me more more excited, you know? Yeah. Yep, that's what I was telling Nicole. I was like, as soon as Masterpool made the pass on Ferrandis, because I didn't get back to the house until 450 or until 250 Moto number two, so I didn't get to watch the first motos off the rip. I just saw, you know, the the results, um, and then I watched the highlights, of course, before they dropped the motos uh, or before they dropped the gate for those last motos. Um, and I tell you what, the um, Masterpool passing Ferrandis. And literally within a lap, he was on the back door of Cooper Webb, and he was not leaving Cooper Webb alone. And then when he finally passed him, I'm like, no fucking way. I'm like, no way, bro. <laughs> like, this is fucking awesome. You know, excuse my language so much, but, dude, I, I mean, that's exactly what I said. I'm like, no effing way, and you have got to be effing kidding me. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is awesome. Like, if we can have this... And just, you know, it, Jet, let let him do his thing. Bro, let's have this battle. I will watch this all day. You know what I'm saying? Like, because this is cool. Like, we know being a privateer support out of the van with only him, his dad, and mechanic, I think, um, you know, and finding a, a you know, a good sponsor, uh, you know, they're doing it, you know? And um, that's awesome. And I loved uh, Stu's... Um, explanation on how Masterpool's bike was a lot better than the factory bikes and it was clear as day to see it so um, yeah it made the 450 class a lot more interesting and I hope it keeps going this way and I think with some guys that will be coming back here recently Barsha won't come back as soon as we thought Um, I think he had another injury unfortunately so um, but with like Anderson and you know Sexton will come back and Roxon now um, you know, all of that. I think it will I think it will turn uh a lot better uh moving forward. Oh, hundred percent. You know, it's it definitely makes it exciting, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, Heavy D, is there anything else? Uh, I know we didn't talk a lot about the Pro Motocross uh championship, um, but we have you know, haven't you know, talked or had a pod in a couple of weeks, so uh, we didn't want to drag this on for too many hours, and plus it's almost 10.30 here for us on a Wednesday night. So um, is there anything else, Heavy D? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think so. I think you basically got it covered, dude. I mean, it was definitely some awesome conversations, you know. I just, I think halfway this weekend is going to be exciting, that's for sure. Absolutely, and don't forget the Ridge MX for round number eight of the NCMX series this weekend as well in Sanford, North Carolina, and uh, check out the Mama series that will be coming down to NCMP the weekend of June 25th as well. We'll talk about that in next week's episode as long as everything goes according to plan. Appreciate you guys being patient. Appreciate you guys all listening to this episode number 25 of the imperative mx podcast where we spoke about local motocross racing chat and races and loretta lynn regional qualifiers that just wrapped up 
the load uh, the road to Loretta's is real right now for sure. And of course, we had to talk about round number eight of the Ridge MX um, NCMX series race that is happening this weekend. And of course, we talked to the treasure of the Mid Atlantic Motocross Association, Courtney Kotska, about uh, what she does as a treasure. And we also talked about some local motocross, uh, you know, chat uh, about what happens within the industry and some of the behind the scenes. So. Uh, that was really good. And then finally, we had a call in from the People's Champ, Matt Burkeen, to speak about the first three rounds of the Pro Motocross Championship. It's hard being a privateer. So we talked to him about being a privateer and just everything that has been going on with him and here in the sport and doing all of these rounds. And literally, it screwed my brain up there for a minute, so I apologize. But the fact that they're driving to each one. I know that, you know, a lot of these privateers do it, right? But going to all of these races, putting in these amount of hours behind the wheel and things like that, and then just showing up, literally you get five minutes, which is pretty much one lap, maybe two, if you could put it in, of pretty much learning the track. And then you're wide open for the next 10 minutes. And that's your qualifying. Like, these guys aren't riding during the week most of the time because they're traveling. You know what I'm saying? Or they want their rest. So they show up to either press day and ride, or if they don't get the press day and ride, then they go to Saturday morning, and literally they get one lap, and then it's green flag, and it is all hell breaks loose. Like, that is insane. That's just, it's, it's insane to me, Heavy D. I don't know. Oh, it's, it's gnarly. You got to think, like, a, a, a schedule for them, like, okay, it was Tyler, Hangtown, then Thunder Valley. So, he got race Tyler on Saturday, correct? Yeah. Or, yes, Tyler, yes, Saturday. Sorry, brain fart. Hmm. Sunday, you get to chill out. I mean, you got you got rest after that. Get stuff cleaned back up. Monday, I can't remember how far Tyler is from Hangtown, but... He may have got to ride a couple of days during that week. During that week, he got to ride a couple of days. Then go do Hangtown. Okay, so now you got to go from Hangtown to Colorado. So rest up Sunday, get everything cleaned up. On the road Monday, Tuesday, get there Wednesday, walk the track Thursday, chill out, or get to go ride if it's somewhere to ride. Friday. Maybe get a chill out or do white work. And then Saturday, get right back to it. Yeah. And I mean, for him, right? Like, they drove the full amount driving back to Virginia to, you know, get the rest in that he needs and get the, you know, massage little therapy that he got to get ready to go to Hangtown. Or, I mean, uh, High Point, which is this weekend. And, of course, it's Wednesday right now. So, that means that he's leaving tomorrow uh, to go. So, um, it's a quick turnaround. And... You know, we talked to him quite a bit about that and also some more. So it was awesome to hear from the People's Champ, Matt Burkeen, on this episode, of course, as well. And then finally, finally, we broke down uh, just a little bit of the Pro Motocross Championship Series and the Super Motocross inaugural uh, World Championship Series this uh, so far this year. 
and uh, what to look forward to, uh, you know, moving forward. So um, big thanks again to all of the companies who make it possible. West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Dirt Industries, Custom Graphics, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, Mika Metals, Dirt, or uh, Total Control Racing Suspensions, and PR Motorsports. Well, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Imperative MX Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Find our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, imperativemx.com for all of the uh, newest things. And, of course, I've been a little slow, so please forgive me. But there's going to be a lot more that's going to come in the future. Social media platforms, thank you guys for checking them out. And from myself, Zach Newberry, and co-host, Heavy Day, we're out. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.